Hello everybody, Jesse Shrek with Practical Missions Cohorts, and today we're doing something uh, different, something new, and we'll see how this goes, but this might be something we do on a more uh, consistent basis starting uh, in the future, uh, just for the edification of our partners and those who tune in and, and follow along uh, in the ministry here. And what are we going to do? Uh, in short, since I'm evangelizing on a daily basis, always engaging people with the gospel by God's grace, and it's a great joy and a great privilege, and this is uh, like my main occupation, let's say, uh, the main thing that we're doing, uh, it just feels right, feels good. If once in a while something that's of interest and could be helpful or there's lessons to be learned there from my evangelism uh, encounters, I'm going to go ahead and, and sh tell some of these stories as they happen. Um and uh, we'll see how this goes. So, for example, today I uh, was able to evangelize while I was out distributing tracts from house to house and the coffee bars and so on. Uh, a regular part of the ministry here, just a, a way of saturating the city and, and making the gospel available to literally everyone in the city. Somehow going to them, giving them, uh, putting the ball in their court when they get one of our tracts in their mailbox. Uh, for them to uh, reach out to us and, and gain more of an understanding, hear the gospel more fully, or something like this. Uh, so we do that on a regular basis and then... And, as God opens the door, while I'm out doing it, I get open doors to also evangelize individuals. And that's really exciting, really fun, and that's why we're here, and it's a great, great thing. Uh, and so today, for example, I uh, met with a guy while I was uh, taking a short break, stopped in uh, what I consider one of my uh, uh, fishing holes where I would often stop, and uh, I just wait around till I see somebody and then engage them, strike up conversations, talk, get them tracks, and, and see how the Lord leads those conversations. Uh, so this guy, I didn't even get a chance to really uh, approach him. I was just there, and he approached me. Uh, turns out it seems like he's a, a traveler. He's homeless, it seems. He looks like it. And uh, so he just asked if I had any change. I could I could spot him, you know, give him some change. And so I said, sure, you know, we're compassionate. As, as followers of Jesus Christ, we care about everyone, and we know this world, it's fallen, and things are just not working the way they should, and it's tough. So I had a couple euro in my pocket, gave him a couple euro, and uh, Sigurd Wells, since I gave you a couple euro, let me get to know you. Just, let's just talk. So I just began asking questions, getting to hear his story, where he's from, where he's going. I'm recognizing his accent's a little bit different. Uh, he's a bit of a mysterious man, though, won't really reveal himself, didn't tell him exactly where he's from. Uh, odd man. But for the sake of this uh, this short uh, telling today and his story and, and a couple things we can learn from this experience with him, uh, we're going to call him Mr. Thou Art. Mr. Thou Art. And why am I nicknaming him uh, Mr. Thou Art? Well, for sure, I'm not doing this to make fun of him or give him a hard time or anything like that. But this is a way for me to remember who this guy was and, uh, and just uh, for the telling of this story and some applications that we get from it. Uh, so... I call him Mr. Thou Arts because uh, he actually said to me, this man, he said he is the, the best artist in the world, without question. He is the best artist in the world. Pretty bold statement, uh, but that's what he said when I asked him what he's doing, where he's going. He's an artist, this, that, and he was really putting down the artwork in Europe. They don't know what art is. They don't understand this. They don't understand that. Uh, so seems quite arrogant to me that someone would claim to be the best artist in the world, yet have zero recognition for his artistic skill, um, and so on. Uh, but And then to bash all of Europe and say they're bad, they don't know what art is, they don't know how to do art, yet here where we're standing in Italy is the art capital of the world. Some of the best artists the world has ever known have come out of Italy and so on. Uh, but in any way, I use these conversations about art to to uh, get the conversation going with him, see where he gets his inspiration, you know, because many of the great artists of the past found their inspiration from God's creation, uh, from God's majesty itself, and and so on, and were inspired to, to make wonderful pieces of art, and just was trying to see where he's at with all this. 
And uh, but another another wild claim Mr. Thou Art made is that his name goes back 700 years. He's got this important name in the world of art, and he. Uh, but when I asked him what is what is your name, ah, it's a secret. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. It's a secret. So he's a very mysterious kind of man. He wouldn't he wouldn't share that with me. Uh, uh, but that's a in a nutshell, Mr. Thou Art, what he was about. And so I'm just trying to get in. Where can I get to the gospel? How can I get this man to 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 see where he's at and see what he believes and so on and and uh, but every time I ask him a question, you know, like uh, I said, so do you believe in God? Do you get your inspiration there? Uh, right away, I noticed he he would give a short, quick answer and then turn the conversation in another direction and go talk about something else. And so another point, I said, so what do you think of Jesus Christ? Uh, what what is he to you? What do you do with him? And again, short answer, and then he quick jumped and went into a whole different discussion. And uh, I've seen this kind of thing before, obviously, as, a, as an evangelist. I think you see a little bit of everything. But uh, in this particular case, I, I'm more convinced, as time goes on, that those who, as soon as you mention uh, things about God, and I was very direct with him just because he was talking so much. He just did not want to get to the point. So I just was very direct. So what do you think about God? What do you think about Normally I wouldn't take that approach so quick and so direct, but I would ask other questions and, and see where he's at and so on. Anyway, he uh, the fact that he's constantly changing the subject as soon as we get to those things, uh, and he's got this very weird personality that means he's most likely, as scary as it may sound to say, he's most likely possessed of evil spirits, uh, demonic spirits. And that's a normal thing that happens, I believe, uh, when someone is possessed of evil spirits or under the influence of evil spirits. As soon as important questions come up that would lead them to saving faith, to repentance and saving faith, as soon as those questions come up, they give quick answers and instantly turn the conversation somewhere else as if they didn't hear what just happened and, and just want to do anything they can to get out of those kind of conversations. Uh, so that that seemed to be the case. So that's one point we can take from a guy like that. If you find that happening when you get to those questions, you know, some people just aren't interested. And that's one thing. They don't want to talk about it, so they change the subject. But then there's really odd fellows, particular fellows, who, uh, and as I mentioned in a second here, have other things going on in their life as you talk to them. And you realize there's there seems to be something even more it's not just that they're not interested in the things of God or they're angry about it, but there's something in particular here pushing them away from any kind of conversation that's uh, meaningful. And so, for example, uh, at one point I said to him, uh, so listen, uh, when you die, are you going to go to heaven or are you going to go to hell? Just wanted to see what he thought of that whole concept. And for, without hesitation, oh, I'm going to heaven, definitely going to heaven. I'm a, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. And I said, okay, well, let's see how let's see how good you you really are. Let's see what God thinks. And uh, so, just going through the the a little bit some of the commandments of God, which uh, the law of God, the moral law, the commandments are there to to help us to see how short we fall of the glory of God and how deep in sin we actually are, and how in desperate need we are of a Savior. And that should take us then to Jesus Christ, who fulfilled the law for us. And as we repent of our sins and trust in him, we can be made new, made clean, saved, redeemed by grace through faith. So as I began just asking him, like, have you ever told a lie? Again, uh, he quickly changed the subject. And within just a short moment, all of a sudden, I find this perfectly uh, calm man, talkative man, all of a sudden he's hostile. He begins saying the F word over and over just like and getting really loud with his voice. And I'm kind of looking around to make sure people aren't thinking we're crazy. But he's lifting his voice. He's using the F word, very vulgar. And then all of a sudden he starts talking in German. And I told him for over a two, two minute period of time, he's talking to me in German. And I said, listen, I don't understand German. I think I said it five or six times. I'm sorry, I can't understand your German. He just would not go back to speaking in English, which was the language he preferred. His Italian was just so-so. And uh, But he became very loud. He became aggressive, started using the F word and speaking uh, in German. And, and again, to me, that's another sign that likely this man was uh, possessed of 
evil and ill spirits and, and so on. Because as soon as we got to the point and got to the heart of the matter, his heart condition before this holy God, uh, he thought he was a good person. We go to see, is he really a good person in God's eyes? Uh, the law to expose him, and boom, he gets very angry, very hostile, and actually a little bit crazy. Uh, so the, the, the first lesson uh, is to remind us, when you see this kind of behavior, you can kind of understand uh, you're not dealing just with a person who's lost and dead in sin, but even indwelt, likely, of evil spirit. And you need to be cautious and mindful of that. Uh, but the the second point we can take away from this is uh, when it comes to evangelism, you do your best. I was not able to get across to this man uh, the gospel message. Usually I like people to leave, even if they're not in agreement, at least knowing their condition before God and knowing what they must do if they want to be saved. That is, to repent and to believe in Christ who finished the work for us on the cross. Uh, I was not able to get that uh, across to him and it upset me. And uh, he just got up, speaking in German, shouting, and walked away and that was the end of our conversation. Uh, so the second point here is um, do your best, but remember, it's very important to remember, you cannot save anybody. It's not your job to save them. Our job is to be faithful messengers, to be good witnesses, to let people know their condition and let people know the way of salvation, to challenge their thinking and to show them the way of salvation, how they how they can be saved and so on. And salvation is does belong to the Lord ultimately. And so there's a lot I could say about that and about the importance of understanding that concept and uh, and the order of salvation, how salvation actually works. That, you know, when someone does repent and believe, it's because before God has loved them, caused them to be born again, made them alive, as we see in scripture. And for that reason, they're able to respond properly to the gospel. And in this case, when we understand this concept, we know all glory to God alone. I didn't save anybody. But God just allowed me to be used by him to the proclamation of the gospel, and he caused them to have ears to hear. He made them born again, and so on, and he did that work. And uh, so again, uh, not to go long today, don't want to go too far into that, but I will read one verse for us, and we'll close here with these simple two exhortations or applications we can take from this weird encounter that I had today with Mr. Thou Arts. Uh, uh, so Romans chapter 8, I want to read a couple verses here for us that are important in this regard that salvation belongs to the Lord. So we have this wonderful verse, uh, eight, chapter 8, verse 28 of Romans, which everybody loves, and we like to quote and share it with each other, and we should. Uh, and it says this, We know that for, for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. Uh, we like to encourage each other with it. That's very important. But few people will go to the next two verses and go further into that. And uh, even people will do entire studies on the book of Romans and they'll skip over chapter 9 because it deals with the sovereignty of God. It deals with predestination, the doctrine of election, the fact that God knows those who are His and salvation is entirely His work and so on. Uh, these often get uh, pushed aside today. And that's very sad. It's unfortunate because it limits our knowledge of God and then as a consequence, our love for God is also very limited if we don't understand these concepts. But verse 29 is very important and so is verse 30. I'm just going to share these, talk for a moment and we're done. So after we have this encouraging verse, he also says, uh, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Predestined. Strong word, powerful word. And usually we skip over these words, and that's not right. We need to understand what they mean and get into the context. So much there is very important. But God does predestine. Uh, it was not predestined for this man to believe today. But I have hope. Maybe in the future it will be his time. Maybe God has predestined him. Today was definitely not his day. But maybe that conversation he had with me, Mr. Thou Art, maybe today was the starting point for him to really think, you know, I'm homeless. Nobody really appreciates my art, even though I think I'm the greatest artist in the world. 
that guy was willing to go out of his way to talk to me about things that matter, about God, about salvation. Huh, maybe something will begin turning now, and, and one day the light bulb will go off and he'll repent and believe in Christ and be saved. We don't know. Uh, but in any case, God does, and we rest in that. I'm not beside myself, not sure what to do because of the, this guy's behavior. I know uh, it, it's a work of God, and I need to pray for him and entrust him into the Lord's hands, and God's will will be done in his life. No one can stop that from happening. Uh, but the idea of predestination is very important. He predestines those who are his to be conformed to the image of his son. So he's working in all things to shape us, sanctify us into the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, we read here, he also called. The calling goes out generically to everyone as the gospel is preached. But then there's that specific call, the efficacious call of God when he calls them, come to me. No one can resist. He's he's calling them unto himself and through the work of his spirit, drawing them unto himself, and then he actually makes them into a new creature. Regeneration, marvelous thing. Those whom he predestined, he also called. The calling comes. And those whom he called, he also justified. From the moment of their conversion, when they repented and trusted in Christ, they were made just before holy God, clothed with the righteous robes of Jesus Christ. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. They will be in glory. So much more could be said there. Just want to whet the appetite a little bit. Mr. Thou Art, a couple things we can learn from him. Uh, There are evil spirits at work in this world when you're evangelizing. Be aware of that. That's normal. Uh, But don't let it trouble you too much. Greater who is he who is within you than he was of this world. And, And secondly, do your best when you evangelize. Pour your whole heart into it, but rest always, whether they believe or whether they don't. God is sovereign. God is in control. He knows those who are his. He has a thing called predestination and a thing called a calling and a justifying, and he has timing for it all. I don't know the condition of this man's heart. I don't know where he'll be in eternity, but I do know today was one step where God came towards him with the gospel, a calling, and how he responds is out of my hands. But perhaps that was the stepping stone. So do your best, but trust and know God is the one who calls, God is the one who saves, and to God alone the glory. Hope that was encouraging for you guys today. God bless you, and until the next time. Ciao, ciao. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, you love the Italian people, you love the church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.